Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Before we get into this, uh, I want you to notice the shoes I have on. See these shoes? These aren't the shoes I usually wear. Um, I, I wear what I call clip cloppers, the big old honking, big old shoes where you go ka-tonk, ka-tonk whenever you walk. And I've been trying to exercise lately at the gym. I've been doing good. I'm down uh, 14 pounds from when I started, and I'm going to keep going, but uh, I'm starting to see it in my face a little bit. I was looking in the mirror, I'm like, that's not me no more. So I've got a long way to go yet. I'm, uh, here's the deal. I want to make myself accountable to all of you right now. Um, I'm trying to go to uh, Masada in April, and I'm going to conquer Masada. I've been to Israel three times, and I couldn't conquer Masada because I have back pain. I've had abdominal Phenomenal uh, hernia surgery. I've had knee surgery. One, two, three, bam, bam, bam. I've had all these things. I never could go up. I'm going to go up in April. So I'm dropping the weight. I'm getting my blood pressure down. I'm getting everything right. And I'm going to go up and climb that mountain and I'm going to get up there. Okay. So that'll be in April. So y'all just get behind me on that. <laughs> I'm going to do the best I can. But these shoes, I was going to the gym and I was hurting myself. I was on the, on the treadmill and I'm going. I'm like, man, I couldn't hardly do a mile. I got up to two miles, and I thought, that's pretty good for a guy that had back surgery and knee surgery, like within almost a year of each other, and I I was getting better. I got up to three miles. I'm just keep going. I got up to four miles. I'm like, yeah, but I'm hurting. Well, I got these these running shoes, and that's better for what I'm doing because they're lighter. It's not like trying to pull a big old weight with the clip clappers I used to wear, and now I'm doing seven miles just because I'm equipped. All right. I want to tell you real quick before we go, Ephesians 4.11 says, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. That's you, the believers, for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. You can come in here saved and not want to be equipped. There are people that are out there that are not in the body of Christ. They may be saved, but they're not getting equipped. And they're running, and they're, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. You don't have to go to church to be saved. You don't have to go to church to be saved. But they're hurting themselves because they're not getting equipped. I couldn't make seven miles, eight miles, and all the things I'm doing if I didn't get equipped right. And you've got to get equipped right. People that are out there not going to church, I just, I'm saved, I'm fine. If you got that attitude, I really question, are you really? But for those who want a good relationship with Jesus Christ and the things that have been hurting you, you need to get in the body of Christ. You need to get equipped. There's equipment you have. We need to teach you how to put it on, how to put on the right stuff, and how to use the right stuff. I was using the wrong equipment, and I was hurting myself. Yes, I was on the treadmill. Yes, I was getting somewhere. Yes, I was dropping weight, but I wasn't doing as much as I could. 
and I was hurting myself in the process. You want to do more, and you want to get, get through with a little less friction? Get equipped in the body of Christ. Amen? So I'm glad to have these shoes. They're doing me well, and I'm still wearing them. <laughs> I didn't just wear them for an illustration. I think they're hurt helping my back overall, not just in the gym, but just everywhere. I'm like, man, I can, I can do it. I'm going. If you knew what I've been through, some of you do. So if you know what I've been through, all the all the pain, and there's been long periods of time I couldn't get around, and and uh, it's been tough. It, it, I'm feeling pretty good, and and the the more weight I get off of me, the better it is for my back and everything. So amazing what one little bit of equipment can do for the rest of the whole body. It's amazing what one little bit of your equipping can do for the rest of the whole body. See what I'm saying? So thank you all for being here in the body of Christ. This is Judges 6, part 2, Gideon's Call. I'm going to call it Gideon's Call. Israel does evil yet again. It's this repeating pattern. And so the Lord handed Israel over to the Midianites for seven years. For seven whole years. In the Midianites, they would come through at harvest time, and they would destroy the crops and take all the food. And it's like, all oh, this work that I've done, and you just come and just take it. You ever felt like that? You put in, and you work, and you work, and you work, and some moron comes through and just trashes the whole thing. What happened here? Well, and you get all upset. Maybe you need to realize where your walk is with God. Maybe God handed that over to them. I don't know. He did it to Israel. And so they're stealing their food, you know. But here's Gideon. He's threshing wheat. He's trying to hide it so that the Midianites can't find it and take it away. He's doing what he can in a terrible situation. And he's doing the best he can in a bad, terrible situation. So after seven years, Israel finally cries out to God. And the Lord appears before Gideon as what is known as the angel of the Lord. That is God. He wants to call on Gideon to save Israel. Father, be with us in our understanding of this word today. We thank you for it, Holy Spirit of understanding. Bring it deep down in the heart. Let it go past our minds where we bring it in the heart where we can really use it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua 6 and verse 11, because he's, he, Gideon's threshing wheat, and uh, he's trying to do the best he can for Israel, and here comes the Lord. Joshua 6 and 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat underneath the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizurite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Why are you calling me a mighty man of valor? I'm doing farm work. I'm just a farmer guy. I'm not no soldier. I'm no Joshua. That's what he called him because he was being bold. He could have been killed for this. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, you can hear he's doubting that, right? If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Okay, Gideon, what he's doing right here, he's thinking like a man. He's thinking like a man. Man logic. Let me explain that. Um, Because when you really try to think it or voice it out, (laughs) you have to make sure you... Anyway, let me go. Man logic. Men think more by logic, which means on or off, up or down, left or right. Is it black or white? I don't want a whole lot of gray. I, if this is going on, then that's going to happen. Cause, effect. That's the way men evaluate things. If this goes down, that's going to make that happen. If 
What goes up was got to come down. We're just like, it's, it's logic. It's, it's up and down, on or off. And so he's, Gideon's thinking like a man. That's why he's saying, um, you know, if the Lord was here, then where's the blessing? If this isn't so, then it must be because of that. He's kind of processing it out. Men do this. If the car breaks down, men are more likely to analyze what part broke so that we can fix it rather than getting upset that the car is not running. You know, yes, I get mad if the car doesn't run, but I go right into what broke. If this isn't happening, then what? That's what we men do. We look at problems and we try to figure out what's the cause of this effect rather than the emotional side. We're fixers. We analyze. Ladies, this isn't my notes, but I kind of have this in the back of my head. Ladies, have you ever gone and told some guy, I love you? And the guy goes, he's thinking, what made you say that? Why is she telling me this? (laughs) We love you, don't worry. But why are you saying this now? And so we process. Well, she said, I love you. Maybe I should say, I love you back. And if I say that, cause effect, that'll make her happy. So then we go... I love you too. Okay, we're just, we're, we're being men. You want us to go, oh, I love you. We just don't have that. We're guys, okay? Cause effect. Gideon's doing that. If this happened, then why that? If that happened, why this? He's kind of processing it through his logic filter. And so he's kind of like, what made this happen? And now what do I need to do about it? And this is how men think. And so I think this is why God just called on Gideon. God wants men to get back into their leadership role again. Who's been leading Israel before? Deborah. Deborah. Why? Because in the previous chapters, the men were so spineless. I hate to say that. And and guys, let's be men because men are getting spineless today. Believe me. They're getting very, they're laying down on the job. But in the past few chapters, they were not doing their job. They were not implementing their logic and analysis powers into Israel's trouble. They were not analyzing and attacking the problem to look for answers. They were just laying down as leaders. And so God appointed Deborah, a woman, as judgment on the men to shame the men to getting back up and into their role again. That's heavy. That's heavy, guys. And also, remember Sisera, the commander of the army that was coming after Israel. God's like, you're not going to go take that guy down. I'm going to hand him into the hands of a woman. And he did. That woman drove a spike through his head. You got Deborah leading. You got the woman taking out the general. It's like, God's like, come on, guys, get up. Do your job. (laughs) So I love it that Gideon's thinking like a man. God's like, I got a man. <laughs> he's, he's processing it. And, and, and so in verses 11 through 16, Gideon, he's voicing out his logic process before God. If the Lord were here, we wouldn't be oppressed. But if he got us out of Egypt, then these Midianites shouldn't be able to take us down. I mean, if we whooped Egypt with God, then why are the Midianites getting us? You see what Gideon's doing? If this is happening, why that? Then that should happen, should bring this. See, that's what Gideon's doing for us here. And so he finally comes down to the conclusion, all I see in this now is that this must mean that the Lord has forsaken us. Otherwise, how else could the Midianites have us? So he's saying the Lord's not here. The Lord's not here. That's why this is going on. And you notice that the Lord had just said that the Lord is with you. 
He says, I'm with you. And that just totally blew Gideon up because in, he, in his mind, the Lord's not there. So how can the Lord be here if all this trouble's on us? If the Lord were here, where's the miracles our fathers told us about? But I like how Gideon's logic, like I said, brought him to the harsh truth. If the Lord has forsaken us, he, he, then we are delivered into the hand of the, of the Midianites. Now I, now I see what's wrong. That's why we're having this trouble. We did something wrong, so the Lord says, I'm out of here. Now, this is one example of why our culture is trying to destroy gender. You notice that? They're trying to destroy gender. They're trying to tell men, you shouldn't think like men, that's wrong. Don't think like a man, you got to think like this now. Because they're trying to eliminate our role that God has given us. Men, you are designed to think like this. Do not apologize for it. Women, you're designed to think the way you think. Don't apologize either. We complement each other. But men, don't lay down on the job. Look what happened in the previous chapters with Deborah. It got them in trouble. And so society's trying to destroy gender because it hates manly thinking, because manly thinking like Gideon is doing, it eventually arrives at the truth, just like Gideon did. God must not be here. God must have forsaken us. That's right. And it took that analysis to get to that realization. God wanted him to see that. Men, think like men. Come on, let's go. You don't survive long in the world if you do what you feel like. And I'm not cutting anybody down for being emotional, but what I'm saying is, uh, for instance, in the morning, I don't feel like getting out of bed. None of you do. You don't feel like getting up early to go to work, but you have to do it because it's the right thing to do. Y'all women have a little bit of man logic. You look at the clock and you go, if I don't get up, I don't make it to work. If I don't make it to work, I don't get paid. And if I don't get paid, then you start doing a little logic too. Y'all have some of that. So then you force yourself, I have to get up, go to work. Now that's leadership. You're doing the right thing. Well, God needed more of this Gideon man logic thinking because we got a problem. Why? Must be because of this. Well, let's go do something. Okay. So that's what I like about Gideon here. Gideon though, he's having a hard time buying it that the Lord is talking to him. I think I'd kind of be in the same situation. Who's talking to me here? (laughs) And so, since the Lord has forsaken us, Gideon's thinking, if the Lord has forsaken us, he's not here, then who are you? Why are you here? I can kind of see where his cause and effect thinking is taking him. To Gideon, this isn't adding up. And so, I just love how God is being patient with Gideon here. God's, the Lord's here. He's letting Gideon just voice all this stuff out. God's being patient. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, come on, yep. Yeah, all right. Yeah, just let him let him work it out. If the Lord's here, why is this going on? If God's with us, where's the miracles? If we got out of Egypt, why are the Midianites over us? Cause effect, cause effect, cause effect. But you notice that the Lord did not interrupt Gideon's little process until he said, The Lord must have forsaken us. And now the Lord jumps in. He lets Gideon work it out, and now God pops in there. Judges six feet six fourteen. Then the Lord turned to him. That's big. Why is this going on? You know, cause effect. Maybe the Lord's not here. Okay, maybe the Lord forsook us. Then the Lord turned to him. You see what just happened? He's like, all right, we're on track now. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? <laughs> Wait, whoa, hang on. I got to hit the pause button. This is big. This is big for me. 
I just went, oh, what's going on? Maybe because of this, maybe because of that. Maybe the Lord forsook us, and God goes, like that. Yeah, let's go. I sent, have I not sent you? He turned to him. Friends, that's an attention getter. God's there, but now he turned to you. You must have said something right. Do you see how God is man talking with Gideon? He's letting him filter, and then he turns. Now it's time to be a man called of God and lead in God's order. Now, when the Lord came to him, like we saw, Gideon was threshing wheat. He's trying to hide food from the Midianites. He was working as hard as he could, and he was refusing to quit. I imagine if some of us, maybe me, were in a bad situation like this, I would have just said, what's it all for? Just whatever. I'm out of here. No, he's threshing wheat, and he's going to hide it from the Midianites. Bad situation. It's been like that for seven years, but he's not quitting. Even in the worst of circumstances, the Lord has found a real man to lead. I think that's why he called him, you mighty man of valor. Look at you go. You're not stopping. It's awesome. But did you notice what the Lord asked him? He said, have I not sent you? Why did he ask this as a question? I would have thought the Lord would have said, I am sending you. He didn't say, I'm sending you. He said, have I not sent you? Like a past tense thing. Why did he say that? What what just happened here? Apparently, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and the Lord already placed a calling deep down in Gideon's soul beforehand. He already buried that down in Gideon before this came up, long before this discussion that they're having right now. And so when the Lord asked, have I not sent you? What he was doing, he was reaching way down into Gideon's soul to something that Gideon already knew to prove to him, yes, this is the Lord that's talking to you right now. Gideon had that call. He said, but who are you? I don't know. Have I not already sent you? I'd been like, oh man, you must be God, I guess. I mean, that would have struck me. Gideon had just admitted the painful realization that the Lord has forsaken Israel, but now the Lord is showing Gideon, because Israel has cried out to me, I am with you. And because I'm with you, now you're not forsaken. Have I not sent you? Must be him. I mean, try to put yourself in Gideon's shoes here and imagine seeing and hearing what he's looking at here. I bet this question really jolted him. If somebody came to you like that and said something into your life that God already put into you, you ever had that happen? And you're like, whoo, confirmation. (laughs) I like that. Have I not sent you? Gideon would have been like, "Uh, yeah, this is the Lord, I guess, here. This must be a real situation. Gideon's going to realize the Lord's back. He just went through the man logic filter. God's gone. And now God's saying, I'm back. Now we're going to see some things change. Look at what Gideon says next. Judges 6.15. So he said to him, Oh, my Lord. You see the difference in Lord now? It's a capital L. He's now calling him by a deity name rather than just a superior. The first time he called him Lord, it was a lowercase l, which would have been a different word for Lord, which would have been just a powerful guy. Now he's given him deity powers and his recognition. Oh, my Lord. How can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. 
Whew, doggy, that's a tall order. <laughs> now that Gideon realized this, that this really is the Lord, the first thing he says is, I can't do it. I can't do it. You ever had somebody tell you to do something big? You go, I can't do it. Because you doubt yourself. You're not really sure what you're capable of doing yet. Maybe you lack confidence. I have been have all that. He says, I can't do it. I'm too small. But God loves the humble. I want you to think, when did God ever call a man who said, God, you're really going to want me because I'm just really good at this. I'm really good at this. You picked the right guy today, Lord. I'm going to do it. I don't think I remember too much of that going on. Moses, hey, I'm calling on you, Moses. I, I, I can't speak. I, I, I can't. I can't. Uh, that's the kind of guys God chooses. These men always voice their deficiencies and their faults, their lack of ability. Why do people do this? I did it. When God called me, I, I, can't, I can't talk. Why are you going to choose me? Let me tell you why. 1 Samuel 16 and 7. It says, The Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We always run to our externals, the first thing we do. Everything that's out there. Gideon was so focused on his external circumstances. My clan is small. I'm small. He was so concentrated on the external that he did not realize that God was looking at Gideon's internal at Gideon's heart, his humble heart. A man that's not humble is not going to be out there threshing wheat in a bad situation. A proud man is going to say, I'm too good for this. Forget it. It's hopeless. And he's going to quit. But Gideon's out there doing it. That's why the humble heart says, I can't. But then God says, but I can. And that's what he said to Gideon. I can. This calling is not based on Gideon, is what I'm trying to say. The calling's not based on Gideon. The Lord waited on Israel to cry out, and he told Gideon, I will be with you. Not go do your best, and we'll see what happens. I will be with you, he said. So this calling is not based on Gideon's power. It's based on the Lord's power. And guess what? God's calling on your life is not based on your power either. It's based on the Lord's power. When God has called you and you feel like, oh, not me, I can't, it's not based on you. Don't go run into all your externals. Well, I got all these problems going on. God's like, so what? I'm not looking there. Your ability to go and do what God has called you to do is activated by God, sustained by God, and powered by God, not by you. God will never call you to go and do something without first empowering you to do it. When God called me to ministry, like I said, I was like Gideon. I had a bunch of instant reasons why I can't do it. I'm afraid of public speaking, God. I can't do it. I don't sound as eloquent as those other pastors out there. I'm not good enough. You know what? I'm not. And you're not good enough either. We're sinners. But God is good enough. That's what we got to remember. God, why me? I can't do it. That's when God says, well, of course you can't. But I can. And that's why I'm going to be with you. Hello. Guy logic, here we go. I can't do it. God can. Something's getting done. There you go. He's going to be with him the entire time. Now, I want you to remember that when you consider God's call on your life, God has called you to something. When you consider God's call on your life, He's not basing it on you. He's basing it on Him. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.